Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me again this week is JD. How are you, mate? Good to be here again, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're back, mate. I told you, you got a good contract. I think you're in until <laughs> at least eh? to the end of the season. Yeah. Um, we'll negotiate after that. You haven't signed a contract with any other um, podcasts that, you know, exclusive rights to negotiate with them. Am I as on strong footing as Daniel Ricciardo is right now? Possibly stronger, maybe. Maybe stronger. Oh, you yeah, didn't okay. run into the back of me, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get cracking, eh? Oh, we'll jump straight into it. The Formula One this weekend, mate. It yeah. was back at Baku, or yep. the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, as I think it's officially called. Yes, that is correct. You know what? For a track that everyone was like, it's too got, it's too long, it's just straight, it's too big, it's just another little street track, it produces some great racing. It really does. For some reason, I was, I'll be, I'll put my hand up, I'll be honest. I was not a fan when the, the course layout was announced and whatnot, and I looked at how tight the castle section is, where it's only six meters across the track mm. with curbs each side, and I went, this is going to be a boring crash fest. So, you know, and it, I guess we do have a lot of safety cars there, but just every, well, we've been there three times now, and yep. every race has been spectacular. You've not known what's going to happen. The the first race was probably the least spectacular. The yeah. second race was, well, fairly similar to this race, I would say. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, unbelievable. Like, you couldn't tell what was going to happen. Safety car could change anything at any time. Debris on the track, yada, 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 so on and so forth. It was, and it, it's it's really, it's really producing. So, I hope they keep the track. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually really coming around to it as well. I think it's a great little track and a little track. Yeah. shorter than Spa. I was about to say, it's it second yeah, longest second. on the it's calendar? Like six kilometers or something. It's huge. I mean, but when you have a straight that's like one point something, two kilometers. Oh, yeah. It might be. I think it's longer than that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could I think bring it's it up. Three, three kilometers, the, the yeah. front straight. Yeah, it's I it's remember huge. Nico um, Rosberg talking about it. Like, I'm going to take my paper with me and I'll read that when I'm going down the straight. Well, put it into prospect. Like prospect. What's the word? Perspective. perspective, yes. Um, Prospect is what you do when you get yes, to gold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watching too much gold rush on uh, Foxtel. <laughs> uh, putting it into perspective is uh, our track up here. Our straight's about a kilometre long. Yeah, three of them. So that is a and and we've got one of the longest tracks. So oh, long, not longest tracks, longest shortest track. tracks, but longest straights. Um, they used similar gearing here to well, stand down, and which is their second highest gearing. The only high gearing track is actually Bathurst because of obviously Conrod yep. downhill and also well and truly over a kilometre long. So it's 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 a substantial um, length straight mm. in Baku, like if you put it in perspective It like means that. one of those ones like, I know we're jumping a little bit to the race, but we can talk about this anyway. The overtaking on the straight, it was like, if you get ahead, it was almost like it's not a guaranteed overtake. When it's you come exactly in right. with the DRS, you go like, boom, done, doesn't matter because then you'll Slip get ahead straight. of them the straight's that bloody long that then the person you've overtaken gets a slipstream and then they pop out in the head. Yeah, and they 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 obviously hit this aero wall like they can't get enough aero off the car, so they they're dispersing so much air at that speed mm. that they've got so much drag that DRS or not, when they punch out from behind the other car that's been dragging them up the straight, they hit this like a it wall of like, air. It, it would be interesting to like to ask a driver what it feels like when you pull out behind someone from the slipstream where you're like, I've got this nice, easy passage or, you know, someone in the front's doing all the heavy lifting. They're pushing all the air out of the way. I've got this nice, easy area. And then when you pull out into 
clean air or whatever you wanted to yeah. call it. It, you really must feel it. It must hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you looked at some of them, and the the se- the car that got past jumped straight in the slipstream again and come back and they at come them. Back at. I don't think I've seen any um, passes back this year as much as we did last year. Mm. But it, yeah, it's definitely a big aero. Well, not big aero track. It's a, a, a basically a no aero track. A straight line track, which yeah. is good to see the Renaults and the Hondas not doing that badly. At. Yeah, everyone actually, like, you know, it was a good mixture of, I know we had the incidents and stuff like that, and we'll touch on that a little bit later when we get to the race, but, you know, it was a good spread. You only need to look at, like, what, the top five. You've got Mercedes, Ferrari, Force India, Ferrari, Renault. And then even underneath, you've got Sauber. That's a pretty good top six, like, like a nice spread of cars. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's granted, a- when you take one Mercedes out and two Red Bull... Oh yeah, well that happens, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, unbelievable, you know, that from what happened over the weekend. I suppose we should crack on anyway. Yeah, yep. You want to jump in? into? Well, qualifying? we'll just quickly we'll just touch quick... on qualifying. Um, You've got the main Leclerc. Hit. He did a great job. Well, Leclerc, Leclerc, I believe Charles it's, Leclerc. I believe it's pronounced. Great job. Mm. Unbelievable weekend overall for him, but he did an this absolute... This be like a coming-of-age track because um, Lance Stroll did great here last year Well, he got well. on the podium last year, so mm. they were... Missed out on second by a bee's dick. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, but still... Fantastic. Still effort. Interesting Q2 with all people basically having to go out on... Well, the, they didn't think the uh, ultra-soft tyre was going to work in the race, so people were using the super-soft to try and get through. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just a couple of um, drivers this time. It was literally Most the top the three team. teams. I think the only person that had to go on the ultra-soft was Kimi? Did he say... Yeah, Kimi ended up having to because he, he, he flat-spotted... Yeah, and he also said his fastest time on... Oh, yeah. yeah, well, he flat-spotted his super-soft run. He had traffic. He just had a really shabby, not-well-run... Um, Q2 and the other person that was so close was Daniel Ricciardo so mm. Daniel Ricciardo ended up finishing Q2 in 10th yeah I did see that because he went out had a pretty bad run on his on his super softs which were his the tyre he wanted to he's opting for to start the race on well we should probably explain this for people that don't 100% watch F1 yep. um, so you in, in qualifying of F1 you have Q Q3 Q2, Q1, um, and you basically start off uh, with all the drivers, then they cut it down top 16, I think it is, and then top 10. Um, In Q2, you have to, the fastest time you set on a set, like in Q2, you have to use that set of tyres. It doesn't matter whether you've done three runs in them, whatever, you've still got to use those tyres to start the race. Only if you make it into Q3. Yeah, and so, yeah, I should specify that. That's if you make it into the top 10, which then transfer into Q3. That's basically, again, the top 10, you've got to use those tyres in the race. Now, there's big strategy play in this every every meeting we get it red bull's normally the one that pushes the one that will throw the dice a lot of the times yep they'll normally go for a harder compound because they trust that they're faster than the midfield teams even on a harder compound to get through to into q3 now daniel's run was pretty shocking i think he was half a second off verstappen's Mm. time and he ended up having to go out on a set of ultra softs run around and then just before the end of the thing end of the um, lap when they realized no one else was going to go faster he slowed down pulled in the pits yeah i seen that because i was looking going, mate you're not going to make the cutoff and he only just made it and then yeah who was it it was uh lance stroll i think it was yeah. actually i think that was one of the last the ones williams are the ones that i think they normally they normally do pretty well here because you know straight line speed 
yeah. really into a slippery car. They're sh- they've lost even their best. This year. Well, they've even lost their best attribute. It's very hard to say. See, we had Ma- Massa as a measuring stick for the last two years with Stroll. Oh, obviously Stroll was only there last year, but um, as a measuring stick there. Now we don't have Massa. No, and now you've... I know Lance Stroll's not a rookie, but this is his second season. He's pretty much a rookie, and then you've I, got... I think if you put, like, a, a Alonso, a Hamilton, a Daniel Ricciardo, even a Sergio Perez or, you know, even a Kevin Magnussen or someone in there, I think they'll drag that car up a couple of good places. Now they're really struggling this year. The car's not there. The drivers are under... I wouldn't say underperforming, underdeveloped. but developed. Underdeveloped, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So they've got a, probably a couple tough years ahead of them because they're yeah, not going to get I a lot of. Stroll's really not going to hit his prime until probably twenty twenty. Yeah, and th- th- if he hits his prime, he'll probably leave the team too. So that, oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know I don't know. They're going to have some. Is now sort of a team that you're like, oh, you won't. You know, if you're in, a, in your prime, you don't want to be in Williams. But back in the day, Williams were. Yeah, they're pushing the envelope. Yeah, mm. yeah. Now they're now they're back there. Um, but yeah, that that was, you know, a tough weekend again for them because they were probably hoping to come back up the field, but they didn't. I want to ask you a quick question about qualifying with the Toro Rossos. What was yeah. your what's your thoughts on the Hartley having the puncture? He had a puncture or front end issue. Puncher. I think it was a left front puncture. He hit the wall. Yeah, might have been left rear. He he come out of I can't remember the turn number actually now, maybe four I think it is, but anyway he come out and uh, he clapped the wall and ended up puncturing a tire, doing a bit of damage to the car and then he there's a set of, sort of a crest and it bends off to the left. Um, his teammate um, Pierre Gasly Pierre yeah come around the corner at three hundred and twenty kilometers an hour. Oh yeah, he made that known on the radio. Yeah and. Uh, come across his teammate sort of dawdling mid-track, and I don't think, think he was Hartley... overly happy about no, the situation. No, I've heard the radio. He, um, There's a lot of beeps. I, I, I can't tell what he's but talking about. Hartley was actually like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've got a puncture. I can't really do too much. Should he be over a bit more? Oh, definitely, definitely. In hindsight, I'm sure Hartley would have been further over. Mm. I think he was in a bit of shock, hit the wall, had a flat tyre. He's sort of come off there and just sort of been like in – in a bit of no man's land in his head, you know, oh, I've just got to get this back to the pits. Oh, I've ruined my session, yada, yada, yada. Should have the team been, like, the team would know exactly where both drivers are on track. It was... It was pretty very quick. Like, it was, the incident yeah. to when it happened, it was like, probably, boom. Yeah, it was probably 15 to 20 seconds after he'd hit the wall. Yeah. Maybe, not even that, maybe 10 seconds. So, it's a hard one to call. Like, 2020 hindsight, we can probably say his engineer probably should have said, all right, you know, you've hit the wall, move over to the side of the track, try and get it back to us. If you can't park it up an escape road, um, you're done. The session's over. But, you know, it's one of those things. You can always say that, but that whether a, that's happened. Unfortunate, but I mean, it happens in racing, especially on a track like this in so long. Yeah. And h- such high speed track as well. So, you know, it's a lot of blind corners on this track with all the walls and buildings and whatnot. And crests, it's got a lot of elevation in this track too. It's a lot there more is than a you. Lot. You yeah. don't expect it from a street circuit. Yeah, well, there's so much in this track. It's not funny. So um, that doesn't help too because you kind of come over that crest, which gets a bit blind. They sit so low on the cars. You know, everything, every little bit added up, and it was just a really could have been a horrible crash. Oh, it, it was scary it was, to watch. You know, good thing for Saints to not Saints. Um, Hartley. Uh, Gasly. Gasly. To manage to get past him. And I think oh, wow. he ended up going up the straight road. Oh, that was, 
Yeah, he was lucky not to hit the wall after mm. he had missed him. So he did a great job, well managed for a young fella. Um, so yeah, that that was that was you know, and he seemed to calm down a bit too when he was in the press conference area. Sorry, the pen. Yeah. Um, doing his interviews, he you know he was upset, but and you could see it, but he held on I to it he and he managed have it well. Once you, I think it's something that. When you're on the track and it's live, as such as you know, the drivers are out driving and they don't know. He doesn't. He didn't know why Hartley, Hartley was, was basically dawdling. dawdling in the middle of the track. Yeah, yeah, and it's passionate. You know, he's all fired up. You know, his his blood's pumping he hard. And that it, time in, you know, yeah, and through. next minute he's ruined a set of tires and nearly died. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. he probably didn't nearly die, but you know, he he he's been in, in a very know what life and death about. situation. Yeah. Um, the last thing from qualifying before we get to crack on with the race was Kimmy. Oh, look, you even knew what I was going to go on. I know, I know, because he was flying on that lap. He had two purple sectors. He was up by like half a second or something. Well, yeah, it was. He would have pantsed Vettel. And then got into one of the biggest tank laps I've ever seen a Formula One car in modern era. Yeah. Kept it, it was. Though. It was such a, like he, he was doing such a good lap. And it looked so good and clean. And then they, they kept talking about the tailwind. I guess must have put him off a bit. He must have, you know, break that smidgen too late and it pushed him up onto the curb. But the amount of power he put on afterwards trying to drive through it. It's a bit too much. Just a little too much. I think he was using, you know, a bit of energy and a, a bit of everything there. And it, everything it in the car's really got. well put some licorice, licorice straps down on the road. And it was good to watch the inboard footage of, like, just seeing He's just like, yep. Oh, what do you do? Like right hand down, just like boom. Yep. All right. Yep. Straighten her up. Let's go. Done. Yep. Like it was like it's how you leave. Like as Scafey says, the Safeway car park. <laughs> so it it was a um yeah it was a pretty pretty good little driver correction he did because he could have quite easily ended up in the wall. Um, Very, like as much as you're like oh you know you can see cars drifting and stuff. Formula One cars do not like to drift. They don't like to go sideways. Once the air starts traveling sideways over those cars, they're not really designed for that. And we only need to talk about, like, Ricardo last year in Australia. Remember when he went out a little sideways, snapped with these fins, the shark fins that we've got? Yeah. And we were talking about going, well, does that mean, like, any little slide is just going to cause these cars to snap sideways and just become uncontrollable? That didn't really happen in the end, did it? It was happening a fair bit last year. Like, if you recall, there was a lot of crashes last year. As soon as the car got into a slide, it... Uh, was uncontrollable. But I felt more. It like was that disconnecting was the, the rear towards wing towards the start of the year. Yeah, I think they did more to the cars to try and stop it. Um, but yeah, there was definitely problems with that because it was disconnecting the air off the rear wing. Yeah, and yeah, it was and becoming then you just a dead got zone. No force over the back, and you need that force oh, yeah. pushing the back of the car yeah, down. One hundred percent. All right. Well, that's. Oh, and then you know, Vettel, the person who I picked for Ren. Got pole position. I was feeling pretty good about myself. I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, we called it. We thought Vettel would be fastest here, and he, he did a great job. Um, obviously, Kimmy was going to pip him, but you know, did he did the best he could do and, and got in a good time. It was better than a Merck, So No, Martin this weekend. No. He's, uh, I think it was his daughter or something. Daughter's that was a, 30th. Yeah. Well, that was a baby in the family? Can't remember now. I thought it was a thirtieth birthday or something. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. I don't know. I was going. I mean, I like Paul Deresta. I, I would take Paul Deresta, commentating any day of the week. I quite enjoy his insight. I yeah. feel like he can offer a bit more with the modern cars, supposed yeah, yeah. to. I mean, I like Brundle as well. You know, I think he's 
was about He's to say, a wealth don't you of step knowledge. Brundle. No, 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 no. I'm not, <laughs> not, not destroying that. I think, you know, Brundle does a great job. But I quite like the insight that Paul DeResta brings to the um the table with his, you know, only driven a car. Did, didn't he drive the car last year or the year before? He well, had, he, he filled in last year. He yeah, drove exactly. at, uh, now let me, this test me. Russia? S- Spain? Barcelona? Catalina? Yeah. Uh, no. I can't remember now. What was it? It might have been. You don't listen to our episodes back. <laughs> no, not 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 last year's ones from mid season, no. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Jeez, that's he filled in. shocking. He did fill in for a race last year, so he has got uh current knowledge of the cars and what and how they handle and whatnot. Plus he was a test driver for Williams for the last two years. Mm. Um or not this year, but the, last, the year before and the year before that. Obviously, now they have... Kibitza. Uh, yeah, Mr. Kibitza. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I think he's pretty close with all the teams. And uh, is he still racing DTM this year? I don't know if he is, actually, this I'm year. i sure. I, I, to be honest, I haven't looked into... I thought DTM was dying. It is dying. So, Dane... Shout out to Dane if he ever listens to the show, mate of mine. He's a mechanic for Mercedes-AMG. Um, in the DTM category, uh, he used to be Paul's one of Paul's mechanics, actually. Oh, that's yeah, I remember that. We were plugging him quite heavily when we first started the show. We were because we're like, we're going to get him on the show. Yeah, he's not come back to Darwin since. No, he hasn't. <laughs> I was actually I talking to a family played. member of his not long ago, and um, yeah, I'm like, do you hear from him much? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, he's over in Germany doing his thing. Yeah, no, I see his Facebook posts every now and then. He looks like he's having fun. Oh, you must. So, I but yeah, they're, they're, I want to go back. It is a a problem. So mm. we've got an industry that's dying, and it's a one of the top levels. Like literally, the cars are as sophisticated as any race car out there. They're like, well, they're like a step down from a Formula One car. You mentioned aero over them, yeah. Aero, carbon fiber floors, like they are. Top they notch look the business too. I quite like how DTM cars look. Yeah, but I don't know. They're very expensive to run. The category hasn't got as much traction worldwide as Formula One does. They don't have as many race meetings and that, so the sponsors probably aren't getting their money's yeah, worth. I think they're only like a nine race. Series. Yeah, I think I think it was like eight or nine. Yeah, something like that. Um, they do race in in several places around the world, I but they race in the states. They race a lot in the Europe. Uh, and a bit in Asia, mm. um, so but yeah, they're, they're just not getting the traction. Falling out. This is their last year, isn't it? And then it is. they're going to Formula E. It is, and that's why I, I said Verline was going to race for Formula E. The big problem with that is such a big team. So this is the insight from the, the Z family member. Um, Formula E, they only use several mechanics per car. Well, there's not much mechanical going on with them. No, no. Um, where DTM might use, say, 20 to 30 mechanics, I think, for a round. Um, they're probably up close to what Formula 1 uses for a round. Yeah. And now they're going to have a 2-3 mechanic team per car. It's only 2-3 mechanics. Yeah. So they'll have engineers and there'll probably be some body guys there or something else. So I'm not sure. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't know anything about it. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're not a huge team. Not like it is. So... These DTM boys are not... But they have two cars per one driver. Do they got two cars to work? No, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. Well, uh, next year, they're only going to have one car anyway. Is it next year or the year after? 
I think, I think it's, it's next. next year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, next year. Gen 2 comes out. Yeah. That's when I'm really interested because I watched the um, Parisian Grand Prix or the E Grand Prix won by I think they've just got to get, get on some better tracks for me, personally. They I are feel much like, better when they're on a proper track. Yeah, I feel like these road tracks would have, you know, bumps in it that you'd feel in your normal sedan car. Yeah. They should not be racing it. They're, these but poor blokes have the, worked their the life to get is, there. It's like the Formula E race in Paris on the week, uh, last weekend or whatever. You've got the Eiffel Tower in the background of all the shots and, you know, it's race city centre. Oh, That's they the do. That's the appeal for it. They do, but it just I feel bad for the drivers, you know. I guess they're racing, and, and it's just so hard to pass. I'm going all over the place, so but oh, it is it is hard for them to pass and everything on that sort of track. You know, there's you a lot get of mistakes. Your fan boost. That's I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of the old American boosty. Yeah, like Indy used to do. The, yeah, yeah. I don't like it either. I think that's um, just because you're popular doesn't mean you should get. Well, I think DRS boost. needs to go, but we we obviously need it at the moment because of oh, the man, cars are DRS so hard to pass, but. As soon as the cars are... As soon as we uh, get to a point where we can easily pass down the straight without the aid of an artificial thing, DRS gone. Yeah. Yeah. It was anyway. so weird the first year watching the flap open. Yeah. I, like, I remember sitting here on the couch watching the, uh, the Formula One, the Australian Grand Prix with Mitch. Didn't it stir up a freaking fuss, but... Did. Yeah, like people were very divided on it. I guess Same it was when, some passing. When it? we dropped the V8 and we went to the six-cylinder V6, everyone was like, I remember someone made an intro thing of the Formula One, old Formula One video intro and took out all the race cars and put vacuum cleaners. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's right. They, they've come a long way in the, how they sound to now oh. versus how they sound. They've come faster. From there. when they first started. They must be more efficient on fuel because they're pushing out more power. Yeah, well, Mercedes has the claim to fame that their engine on a dyno test bench is the most fuel-efficient engine, combustion engine in the world. There you go. If you, oh, well, if you didn't know that, no, yeah. well, I didn't. And yeah, that's they, they, they're, they're the go. most fuel. It is the most fuel-efficient motor in the world. It uses. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It's like seventy percent of the energy out of the fuel to make power. Versus so like an average engine, it's like a third. Pretty much generating heat. Heat, yeah, heat and noise. Only if we could capture the heat, and then as it cools down, we could use that. Well, energy. that's what the turbos are kind of doing. So, that you your byproduct of the fuel is heat, and then the turbo. Because oh, I don't want to get too technical here, but basically how turbos work. This will probably start a. a it always is an interesting thing on the net. Uh, but turbos use the energy. Of, of the exhaust. They don't yep. use the flow of the They're exhaust They're an exhaust-driven so supercharger. Yes, yeah, so they use the energy, and the energy is the heat. Yeah. So um, it's not just flow that it spins your turbine. It's the, it's the heat of the flow. So anyway. Cool. There you go. A little bit of sidetrack. Should we start on the race? Well, we, we were about to, and then I talked we about We were Martin about to, and then, and then we, then we got on to it. But you know what, mate? We are not a show of consistency. <laughs> um, how... Easy does Martin Brundle make? This is where I was getting to. How easy? It's just, my first good chunk of bloody notes is going, what the hell happened to the grid walk? It was crap. Did you see what Daniel is... Ricciardo going, sorry, mate, got to take one sec. I'm about to sucker punch you. <laughs> yeah. When I can't remember who it was. Um, Simon yeah. went up and tried to interview Ricciardo, as it's quite clearly obvious that he is in depth conversation with his, with his engineer. Yeah. He had his bloody ear thingies in. They're going over the tablet. They're having a look at everything. And they're like, oh, Daniel, can we, can we get an interview? And he was not having one bar of it. 
It was hilarious. The the whole grid walk. My note literally was, no, Martin, how easy does he make this grid walking look? <laughs> I think also because everyone wants to chat to Martin. It's true. And he's, you know, he's a bit pushier and a bit more, he's, uh, how would you say? He just demands respect. Yeah. Not that they don't, but he definitely makes it look easier. He must read the teams. The drivers must know what he's there for, so they make time for him. He knows which drivers to approach and which ones not well, to. Well, he knows never to approach Vettel on the grid. And there was a point where they started talking about Sebastian Vettel and they're standing near there. I'm like, you're not going to get him on the grid. Yeah. He, 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 he does not talk. do grid interviews. Yeah. And I think they should stop trying to bloody talk to the big pop stars. Because uh, they did the same thing funny? they did Mariah Carey. Mar- Mar- Mariah Carey blew off Martin yeah. Brundle. Isn't it funny how that happens? It's like these pop stars turn up to these events and they and just... they think they're the king dick there. You're like, yeah. no one cares for you. The real heroes today are the ones in the cars. Yeah, yeah, it's it is quite funny. It's the teams and the cars and the drivers that are everyone's here to see, not you. Yeah. But anyway, that that was that was one of my first notes, and obviously but it got you felt the towards same towards the end, but still not great. Is my comment. <laughs> All right, into the race. Finally, what? How many, how many minutes in are we, Michael? We are. Unedited, about 26 minutes. Oh, well, there you go. I don't know if there's how much you can cut out either. It's <laughs> not much. So we're 26 minutes into a 40, 50-minute episode. Okay. All right. You know, we said we're going to have a quick one last week, and it got to still like 45, 50 minutes, 55 minutes. All right. Sorry, everybody. We'll try not to drag on. It starts with a bang. It bloody well did start with a bang. Wow. We didn't even get through, what was it, four corners before we had our major first major incident. Did... Ocon have, did he turn oh, down on Kimi? controversial. Did he turn down on Kimi or did he sort of have, was he up enough and Kimi sort of made the dive? Okay, I'll, I'll answer this one. I'll then raise you the Alonso, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sorokin yeah, yeah. and Hulkenberg incident. Okay, okay. Uh, I feel that Kimi wasn't even having a dive. He was there the whole time. I feel that Ocon needed to give space. Ocon doesn't agree with that. I've seen the interview with him, and he said Kimi should have pulled out. He shouldn't have been there. It's first lap. He should have not have put his nose up there. But I can understand that if he was trying to outbreak Ocon and got his nose there, but he didn't. He didn't just have like all of a sudden turn up there. He was there was the whole way there from where they started breaking. They were equal, um, and he was actually quite nice. I think he could have thrown it up further. And then washed Ocon out. But I think he was trying to give space and Ocon just didn't respect that and drove over his front wing and, and into didn't the give wall. him a, yeah, yeah. And Kimi just held his ground. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that one? I know. From initial thought, I thought maybe Kimi sh- wasn't as far up, but I have rewatched the footage and, you know, the above shot does show a lot more. Um yeah, Ocon needed to give more space. Basically, I, like I wouldn't put this like don't get me wrong, I wouldn't put this a hundred percent on Ocon. No, I think it was, takes two it was to a tango. Bit of room. He was quite far out, and it got to a point where he's like, "I have to turn in." Yeah, and I think just as that point, it's just it's one of those corners. Very that, awkward. Well, that corner, I don't know if I've ever exit. seen anyone pass that on that corner. No, I, don't I don't think I've ever so. seen two wide go through there. I've seen plenty hit the wall. There's been a lot of ev- nearly every time someone's gone too wide through there, there's been an accident. Mm. Um I think that's exactly what it is. You can't fit two cars through that corner. Yeah, and if you do, you've got to go pedestrian and um well, each got, other got to look after each yeah, other. Yeah, they had about 10 
13 other angry F1 cars behind they them. They did, and it's a tight point on the track and then opens up again afterwards. So Yeah, because that exit sort of closes in and then opens back up. And yeah, I just think Ocon probably needed to be... Because Ocon, I think, my opinion, Ocon was definitely further ahead. But oh, I think of course. Yeah, they weren't needed, even... They weren't They weren't. He needed to equal. be a foot and a half to two feet further ahead if he really wanted to oh, demand yeah, the Oh, yeah, I feel it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if Kimi's nose cone was at his rear tyre, Kimi would have definitely pulled out. Yeah. But Kimi's nose cone, like the tip of his nose cone, was behind his front wheel. Yeah, yeah. He and was like side pod. Yeah. And his, like his tyre, his front tyre was at his side pod. Mm. So and that's that's it. And you can see him. He like it makes it look worse when they get to the crunch point because Kimmy's obviously on the brakes and stopping because he knows he can see the gaps all of a sudden dis- diminished. Yeah, and, and then mean, he, he just hits him in the side pod. Kimmy so. had a pretty tight turn to make. That tight on the inside to try yeah, and get around yeah, that. It's yeah. very much you've got to go out and then do a full right. Anyway, um bit sad for Ocon. I think that's the second time his was what? it his third third retirement? From a race in his open seater history or something, and every time it happens on lap one. Yeah, and it was um, what was looking like could be a good race for Force India and him. So well, that yeah, was a bit of a shame. Sergio Perez finished, but yeah. Right, okay, you're gonna ask me Fight. a question. Yeah, all right. Now we have Alonso with his always very strong opinions. Obviously, mm-hmm. we all know Alonso has them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was a crash going down a straight after this is not for long after this actually I think or was it was it before or after that it was before that I think actually they were behind them going along the straight up to that point yes, I think there was coming into that turn yeah okay so Hulkenberg versus uh, Sorokin yep versus Alonso going down the straight who do you think was at fault for the crash which took two tires off uh, Alonso. Alonso's car. Hulkenberg out of the race, I think. Nah, Sorokin out of the race. Sorok- Hulkenberg crashed out later. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Who do you think was at fault there? Whoever you was can in, say. Whoever was in front of... Um, what's his name? The so Alonso was on the very left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alonso was out. Sorokin I think Alonso Hulk. had a bit more to play than what he makes into it, but I don't think it was really so much his fault. He was trying to be the beneficiary out of the fight between Sir, uh what's his name? I just had the biggest Sergey. Sergey and um Hulkenberg, but there was a car I'm pretty sure there was a car in front of Sergey that pretty much oh, it's a fair way right. up the fair way up the up the thing. Oh, okay. I was just I thought there was a car that sort of broke a bit harder in front and then Sergey sort of moved across a bit. So Hulkenberg was on the right and he he moved over to his left. Oh, which squashed which Sergey over towards Alonso, and then Alonso got cramped for room. Not nothing come out of like there was no penalty anything. That's just a racing a racing incident. incident. That's what I think. essentially because Holcom. Oh, was it Holkenberg actually? I'm trying to remember now because it might have been Science Carlos Science. It was one of the Renaults. Sorry, it was a bit nah, of a hectic Science start. Science was doing great at the start. He was up to six. Because Hulkenberg like, started was, way back. Saints lap eight. Saints was battling with because Hulkenberg qualified, I think, fifth or sixth, but he had a six-place grid penalty or five-place grid penalty, and he went back yep. a fair way. Anyway, essentially, I feel that it was definitely a racing incident. I feel like you've answered that correctly. Um, you know, took all three of them to make that incident happen. There was definitely still one or two car widths on the inside that Alonso could have moved over to not make contact. 
he wouldn't have been doing great for his race because he would have obviously been way offline and not be able to make next corner. Mm-hmm. But um, Alonso very much pointed the finger at Sorokin, like if you're in a closing space, you should lift. Yeah, put Alonso well, in Sorokin. Alonso didn't lift, like, and his space was kind of closing. Cause he well, it was essentially the same thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Look, I think Alonso's sort of just a bit, bit angry at the situation. I mean, really, he should be happy because Sorokin, uh, Sergio Sorokin, he didn't even finish, and neither did Hulkenberg, and Alonso finished seventh. All right, now let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay. Restart time after they cleaned all the debris off the track. You can pass past the safety car line, but you can't accelerate until Vettel accelerates? Yeah, exactly. So what, they all do like 40 and they're like trying to pass each other because I'm pretty sure Sir Vettel didn't go until like the start-finish line. Uh, so he commands the pace until he accelerates and then it's racing, hmm. essentially, I think is the, is the rule. I mean, I know why he held off for so long. That straight's so bloody long. As soon as you go, whoever's behind you is going to like, thank you for the tow. Well, See you later. Okay, here's the here's the the scoop. All right, give me the scoop. Hamilton's come out. He's not very happy about uh, Vettel's conduct. He's actually even sent in an official complaint to Charlie Whiting, and nothing's happened because of it. And he's not overly happy. What was the complaint over? Like you didn't so accelerate enough. He no, that he was accelerating and then banging the brake, and then accelerating and then banging the brake. Now I, I think you might remember a certain incident last year. Don't know what you're talking about, mate. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing at all comes Someone brake-checking him? Yeah, which actually come out and he hadn't brake-checked him when they went over the data. Yeah, Hamilton yeah. No, never hit the brake. He just lifted off the he throttle. lifted and Vettel didn't. Now, Hamilton said Vettel was doing Z thing of accelerating and then braking after the line. He was weaving. Now, all these things are not allowed after that line. You're meant to hold it a correct pace and then you're meant to go when you... When you want to it, go after that line, now he held, He kept doing that. He, now in Hamilton's words, he said four or five times. Uh, I think it was three or four times. Yeah. And he said Charlie needs to do something about it, otherwise everyone's going to be doing it, and we're going to have accidents because it's. Look, I've I've seen it from karting. We always did rolling starts, and you get this consultina effect. You get people at the front playing games with each other because pole sitter sets the pace. The guy in second has to equal that pace and the pole sitter will accelerate and then hop off the throttle. The guy in second will go flying past and and the starters will go, you're accelerating before the line. You're accelerating before the pole sitter and you're the one that's in the blame back of the field, mate. Mm. And they, they ping the, the, the poor guy in second. Now this is what's been happening. You know, it, it, when they do that, it consultinas the whole field. The guys at the back of the field, I've seen like full oh, spin-out yeah, no, crashes. I can see exactly where you're coming from, and I understand because it's just a big consultina effect. The guy in front of you goes, so you go, and you're just you're not expecting him well, to stop. You think about it in morning traffic. If you're going along at 60 k's an hour, and then someone bangs the brake real hard, maybe their bird flies in front of their car. You watch that go back through all then the cars. Someone, I mean, not up and down. We don't have that much traffic, but a big city, someone's going to come to a stop. Yeah, essentially, is and and that's that's, that's traffic what, but, are born. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's what's happening with um, with this the danger of having this consultina effect at the at the start, restarts. I can see where Hamilton's coming from because I did think that that safety car restart looked pretty bloody ordinary. It looked yeah, look it looked messy as hell. Because at the I time, swear, I thought to myself, I thought 
he's giving Hamilton one back for last year. To yeah. myself, I actually, that's exactly what I thought. I thought Vettel's being his usual cheeky self here, and he's sending a message. But could be wrong. Could be wrong. Maybe he's going to do it every time. But then I, I knew they weren't going to go, you know, nose to tail the whole way down that straight. No. So, yeah, look, nothing. I don't think any, nothing's come out of it. Are they not no, investigating? No, 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 this no, is it's, this, it's this been is checked un- off on and they say it's all unique. okay. To this track. Well, he's not basically have an saying like this at another track because you don't have that long straight coming on to the start finish. Hamilton's track. coming out and said it set a precedent, and you should watch for up and coming meetings because it could happen again. Let's see. If I he's think... showing he can get away with it, because it's always good to break that toe. You get that because you got to think on a restart. You want to get a second gap for at least your first. What what is it? Um, three laps, three laps three before three DRS. For DRS, yeah, yeah. Um, so you want to get that gap. So you got to if you get, say, two and a half tenths, three, four tenths, on him just on the restart. That's a big chunk towards oh, yeah. your three, you know, your three lap. Um, build oh, up it's for it's your definitely second. something you want to be thinking about in the back of your mind. I just don't think, from memory and previous experience, I don't think there's another track that's going to have this issue. I don't think there's another track that has the same benefits from it, but mm. I think they'll definitely do it. I I, I still think that well, the safety car restart looked pretty bloody ordinary. They, I don't think anyone. It's not knew a good track was, to do it either because no, it's the, the no safety car leaves. On. What you know, four k's or something before the restart. You know what I mean? Like it's it different is different than re- last year when we always overtook the safety car. Well, can you see how careful that uh, pole sitters are now for safety car? Mm. They want everyone to backs they, right off. Yeah. I've bet Vettel's in the radio going, is the safety car back in his spot at the end of pit lane? Yeah. Then it's, I'll go. It's, it's an, it's an, it is a really unique track for that. I don't think I can think of another track where they let the safety car go for 15, 20 seconds and they're already catch it before it gets in pit lane. Like, it's weird. Mm. It is weird. But, but that being said, my notes here from the restart is good start by Vettel pulled the good gap. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a good cheeky start from Vettel, and he did a good job. He, yeah. he made it made it count and did a real good job. Um, then I got Carlos Saints versus Verstappen. Great battle. Yeah. Those Renaults doing fantastic. They are. They are. They're doing a real good job. Um, Reynolds. No, Reynolds. The Renaults tag team the bloody Red Bulls. Yeah, with the ultras, they definitely turned them on a lot faster than the Red Bulls turned their tires on. They they did made great use of them at that beginning start of the race with the different tire compounds. So the super softs versus the ultra softs definitely got them ahead. We have talked a lot lately, have we? I just looked at the time. It was forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about I don't know, like five laps in. We we've just started <laughs> to the a race. Two hours race. To well, it's like the safety race. car, right? We when we when we've got safety car talk, we go around at a lower pace, so we're not going <laughs> to get it in. We were under virtual, were we? Maybe we're going to have to bring in the FIA rule. You can't go over two hours. <laughs> two hours is like, and the show's... The, How what? close did it get? It got extremely close, but I love one it. one more lap, and it would have not made it. Nah, see, I hate that. You, everyone on the show, everyone that listens to the show knows my uh, my opinion on oh, this. Yeah, Running exactly. short and we're only one lap short. Mate, just do the extra lap, mate. I don't care. I've got the minute 20. And especially because you think about the broadcasting. Cut it So in. it doesn't even, like, even when it's on free to air, you're still going to have the we presentations, the people talking about what happened. Cut a minute or two, three, five minutes out of whatever their time is. Yeah. Everyone will get over it. It's fine. Um... Max versus Danny Ricardo. Yep. 
uh, on the restart. So they, they battled each other quite hard. They battled each other the whole race, and I was oh, it's not a big fan of that. Um, I don't they think even touched tyres. They did several times. Uh, Max tried to run Daniel out of a bit of room on their exit of turn one, and uh, they ended up coming in contact with each other. And then, but that that was later in the race. The, the one on the restart, basically, Max chased Daniel down. Daniel got went around the outside, got a good run off turn one, and looked like he was going to hold the position. Didn't defend didn't he enough. Sort of run him in turn two wall. Yeah, and then uh, Max shot up the inside. Going into turn two, which you can't go to around, which we discussed no, we've earlier. Discussed this. Which then Daniel obviously seen that and just yielded the position because he didn't want to have an accident. Yeah, with Max. and I seen that. I was like, smart boy, Ricardo. Yeah. But uh, the number of times that I thought we're watching a replay with the red balls on each other, especially when Ricardo was like down the main straight. Yep, boom, he's got up. Like he passed Max three or four times in this race. Only for Max to pop out and just get in front of turn one or push him wide into turn two. When you, you're about to read a message. Uh, well, uh, it was quite funny because it's, you know, it's the middle of the bloody night yeah, and we're all talking, mates talking to each other. Oh, I don't know even where it starts. It's, uh, I, I won't, I won't read it. I'll give you the gist of the message. Okay. Essentially the gist of the message. I was talking to a mate of mine, Kevin, um, we mentioned him on the show last week and the week before. Oh, so yeah, he gets it. Kevin. Hey, 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 Stu. Hey, Stu. Hey, Stuart. He had a bit of a chin wag before the, the, the um, recording as well about that, what was happening. Um, my view with... Look, it's very politically biased Mate. towards Daniel Ricciardo, but I'm sorry. I, look, Pretend I'm you're a Kiwi. A Kiwi? Yeah. Why? Well, then you don't have to worry about being Australian biased. <laughs> Well, Hartley never did anything wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He hit the wall. He was just trying to recover. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, look, I feel that Max has been cupping it pretty bad in the media lately. And from, I would say, Helmut Marco, his dad, the other drivers, he, he, I think he's been feeling a little bit under the weather and he wanted to try and assert himself as the number one driver at Red Bull. Think because he knows that Ricardo is pretty much on the way out. Not on the way out as in like his skill level, but he's on the way out of Red Bull. Um, and Max, I'm pretty sure since he got into like a single seater, well, at least you know when he started getting into proper international open wheel racing, he's been told you are the next thing. Well, he won a world title in go-karts to begin with mm. and then moved on quite quickly to Formula 3, I think it was, and then moved straight from Formula 3, which was not done. No one does it. Uh, apart from maybe Kimi Raikkonen, I think, might have gone from Formula 3 to straight into Formula 1. And that I was... I think Weber did too. Weber that was like a huge... No, Weber went to Formula Renault. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Um, but, but he didn't go the direct route. Oh, did Weber? Ricardo went Formula Renault. Maybe we're Doesn't dinner. matter. Anyway, let's go back to Max. We, we're, still, <laughs> we're still on a time frame here. Uh, all right. All right. Um, so it's not he, even a double episode. We're going to go to an hour. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. Max essentially, I think, wanted to assert himself at the top of the, the, the food chain. Daniel's been having a good run. Obviously, just won China. He's had no pressure. Everyone keeps talking about how good he is. This is Daniel's year to shine. He's going to go to a world-class team where... Well, he's already already in a world-class team, but he's going to go to a team where he can fight for a championship next year where Max will be stuck at Red Bull with unknown engines and whatnot's going to happen. So Max 
did not take well to all of this stuff being, happening. I'm not saying Max is a selfish person or anything like that, no. but he's, he's, when he's out in the track, he fights hard. They, I think they are actually, I wouldn't say quite good mates, but they are mates and yeah. they do get along quite well and he, he wouldn't have wanted what happened to happen. I don't think anyone intended to how it turned out. To bin each no other. One, no, yeah, I don't they think didn't it plan anything. on rubbish, like binning the cars. I think Max didn't have the pace in the car to what Ricardo had. Yeah, yet Max, after the race, said that he had the same pace as Ricardo, and Ricardo, the only reason he was keeping he up was the toe. toe, and the toe is very strong. It's like you didn't have, you had three laps of Ricardo in front of you, and then the team should have called you in first because they knew the tyre warm up was the problem, but they called in Ricardo so you could get back past. I don't think that was a t- political thing, that was just procedure. Car in front gets first tyres, yeah. then second. And this is one of the only tracks in the world at this stage that I know of that this is a very prominent at this time of year with the temperatures and the, the compounds they were running. It was quite easy w- with the older tyres, even 35, 40 laps old, to do a faster time than mm. someone on brand new fastest compound tyres. Do you think the team should have told Max Get out the way. Move, bitch. Get out the way. This is another <laughs> thing. I don't know if many people picked it up in the telecast, but now I say it, you probably will remember it. Max's engineer told him to keep it clean, I think, about 20 times that they played yeah, over the... I remember I didn't take notes. I remember he got told to calm down after he was getting all angry with he was fighting with the Renaults. Um, Keep it clean, Max. Keep it clean. Now, I thought that was funny because I've not heard them put that over the radio to him before. I think because hasn't he, like, got DNF this race? He's not doing real well this year with the fact that he keeps crashing and the passes he's making have not been great. Well, you think back to China, he crashed into Vettel. He got a DNF in China. He got fifth. Well, yeah, but he was going to win the race and he ended up with fifth. He got a DNF in Bahrain. And Bahrain, he, what happened in Bahrain? In qualifying, he crashed, and then in the race, both Red Bulls crashed out. Like Ricardo had an engine failure, and then he had to stop for the same thing like three laps later. Yeah, but he had already had a crash. Yeah, he crashed with Vettel, uh, Hamilton. Yeah, and then Hamilton called him a dickhead. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. He's been so copying we know it this the year. races. We know He's been happening. copying it this year. Uh, he has, and I think this is definitely affecting him. And I, I feel that's why he was racing so should we, hard. Should we touch on something that's going to take us another 45 minutes to talk about? Like, did Max move twice? Oh, you're jumping into the nitty-gritty yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, now, I'm looking yeah. at the time, so we pretty much just got to jump past the what? 10 okay, laps okay. of procedural racing. Okay, well, let's just qu- quickly do a few things. Okay. Was Max defending too much in general? Yes. For a teammate? Yes. Perfect. Next. All right. Uh, Red Bull slow to charge, and I think it was happening to both the Renaults as well. Yeah, um, they kept telling everyone like mode seven, mode yeah, seven, mode it's seven. the fastest Whatever charging. Whatever hell mode seven is, they, that's what you should have been in. Yeah, so they were having dramas because the straight was so long um, with their power deficit and how they have to just like use all their battery on the straights to get up to like to get their max speed to match the other vehicles, vehicles, other cars, uh, other teams. Uh, they're using all their battery. DRS back straight. What's your opinion on that? Should they just ban DRS in general? or Because there's been a lot of people b- brought up before the officials after the race that were using it incorrectly. They were using the DRS. Weren't they having to manually open yes. the DRS? Was yeah. that only on the back straight? Was that Back everywhere? straight only, no. Front straight was still, the detection zones were working properly. 
I reckon if your detection point's not working, no, nah, it doesn't work. No one gets to use it. Is that is that a bad opinion? I feel like they just yeah they shouldn't have been able to use it. Instead, they allowed them to use it manually. And I can think of there was at least four drivers were put, called up to Charlie after the race to explain why they were using it when they weren't within a second of the vehicle in front yeah. and why they used it early no, and whatnot. I think the way DRS is done, you got the two detection points, and if you're within a second, you get that boom in your ear. Yeah. If you don't get that, if your detection points aren't working, I'm sorry, DRS doesn't work this race. Get over it. Yeah. So Especially that w- when we got two DRS zones. Yeah, and, and the, the second one so is pretty much just for whoever got part, whoever got overtaken in the first one to overtake in the second one. Yeah. Um, Maybe touch on that next. Next, okay. About to get we're up we're to this. pumping it through. Uh, you didn't do that at the start of the episode. <laughs> nice and slow. We're like a diesel. It takes a while to warm up, but once we get going, we can't stop. All right, lap 40. Let's get into it. My note says the two Red Bulls come together. Yes. Big Ooh. crash I've got here. Big crash. What's your opinion? Okay, we should probably explain the crash. Max moves on the brakes too much. <laughs> Let's explain to all the viewers that maybe didn't. Ricardo uh, was going to get past and Max crashed out. Okay. Crashed into him. Uh, this race had a lot Sorry, of a lot of Daniel Ricardo <laughs> coming up on his teammate Max Verstappen uh, along the front race. straight and... The slipstream and the DRS is quite strong. Daniel was getting around the outside, but couldn't quite get enough of a run because the corners, the first corners left, second corners left. It always gave Max a strong position to come back at him for the second corner. So uh, we got up to lap 40, I think it was 39, 40, one of those two. Uh, And Daniel uh, went to go for the outside again, followed Max right up close to the corner. And he was going to do one of the Daniel-esque... Uh, switcheroo passes, I guess you would call yeah. it. Like I'm moving this way. You've already moved left. All right, now I'm going right. Yep. So he's following Max quite closely. Max fades to the right, like he's going to go out towards the more traditional area so that he can squeeze Daniel because he thinks Daniel's going to go right again. And so he can squeeze Daniel right out so Daniel doesn't get a good run and Max gets a good run off the corner. Soon as Daniel sees Max move right, this is where the tricky part comes in. Daniel shoots left. Max moves back across in front of him. Daniel's already so committed under brakes that once he's got once he's got Max's arrow over the front wing, he can't pull the car up. Runs directly into the back of Max's car. There's not enough room on the inside for him to shoot down the inside because I think he probably would have. Yeah, yeah. He probably would have tried to go the inside and just overshoot the corner or just whatnot. Go, oh, there you go. You haven't. Um. But he, he he didn't, and there's not enough room there, so he ploughed straight up the back of his teammate. Straight into the back of him. Which lifted Max's car off the ground and stalled the engine. Uh, Max and him both out of the race, turn one, lap 40. Did they even talk to each other straight after that? No, they, they didn't. Obviously, their little meeting, team meeting, but um, they walked in different directions. I don't know why. Yeah, I did see that. Now, look, was this is going to sound weird. Was Ricardo too close to make the adjustment? Like maybe it was a little bit too close behind him? I don't think so, but I think also Max hadn't faded enough right. Because when you look at it, I know, look, Max does this thing where he sort of like 
fades one way, moves the other. Well, Max watches his mirrors under breaks to a see lot. where the people are coming. All the at time, him. he's he's, he's been in a lot of trouble being from accused this. of moving twice under he breaks. He stopped. He stopped doing a lot this year, and this is my problem with the matter. Okay, so you can't blame Max one hundred percent for this fault. No, but seventy percent, according to Nicky Lauer. Yeah, and I I agree with that. I would say Daniel is at, at fault too for for hundred percent. Yeah, and the only bit that I think is maybe he was a bit too close to the back of him. Oh, my, mine is no, that just, he was just so to committed do the two move, to do the movement and stuff like that. My mine is not how close he was. Mine is how committed he was mm. on a teammate. That is not great, but he also had been frustrated this whole race. Not that it excuses him. But I can understand why his temper was flaring. He had the blood pumping. He he was going to try and make this move because he was sick of Max holding him up and, and holding him up there. Um, and obviously he'd just passed him. Then there was a pit stop and Max got straight back out in front of yeah, him yeah, again, holding really him up again. Watch. Um, what was he going to say? <laughs> what are we saying? You're, you're about to have tell my your opinion on the Max Verstappen thing. Like, was oh, the he moving, moving. Uh, so yeah, I feel that Daniel was too committed. Max definitely moved twice. There's rules against that. He's been reprimanded for it, but so is Daniel. Yeah, they both that. had. Did you see that all the Indy like all? I've seen three tweets of different IndyCar drivers. Everyone backing Ricardo, saying, "Can't believe what Max did." Feel so bad for Ricardo. Yeah, look, Daniel's doing the very diplomatic thing too. He's not weighing in too much. I, I think, think Max, should. Max probably Max, overstepped the line. If Max is smart, he should just keep his mouth shut now. Yeah, don't say I think he, I think he's been pretty good, but I think he did overstep the line a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in one of his comments. I can't remember the, recall the exact comment, um, but he did kind of say that you know he hit me basically. Not I didn't hit him; he hit me. The the moving around under brakes was a big issue a couple of years ago. And Raikkonen, I think, was one put it in plain Reichen words. And Vettel too, both yep. of them uh, said he's going to cause a major incident when he's moving around under brakes like this. You Hello, do that. You can't move under brakes. It's up to the onus on the person who's about to be overtaken to stick to their line. And you know what? We've all done it. We've all gone felt in the head. You're like, you've made your move, and you're like, you just go back this way, and like. You might be racing in carts. You might be racing on a simulator. You might just be, you know, doing anything. But everyone goes, it's really easy to block, but you can't. Yeah, and you can block, but you've got to hold that block. Yeah, once you've made your commitment, once you've changed, once you've set your line, that's the line you've got to stick to. Yeah, it's it's a big problem. Um, I feel for the team. That's the big thing that has How come out of this. I showed you a photo just before we started recording of Daniel Ricciardo. Where there's like the difference two a race can make, and like in China, he's got his helmet, and on the back of it's like "I won't apologize," and then there's a headline for this race: Verstappen and Ricardo ordered to apologize. Yeah, so they're being flown back to England to go to the factory and apologize to all of the mechanics and workers and everything. Oh well, that's a lot of points they've lost, Mm -hmm. and if it becomes some sort of crazy season, that could mean. They might drop to fourth on the championship. I I think they'll hold third, but maybe you know never. You never know what's going to happen this season. They're all really close. Maybe Red Bull make a step forward. Renault comes forward with something. I don't know, but it could get tight towards the end of the season for a team champ. I don't think they're going to win the championship no. as a driver, no. but they might get closer towards maybe coming second in the the team championship. And they've just chucked away 
whole stack of points. Could have been easily like what thirty. Well, you look 30, forty points. We can talk about it now. Sergio Perez gets third. Fantastic result. They they would have absolutely beaten him. He's my hands favorite down. Favorite Mexican on the grid. <laughs> well, he now holds the, the highest the, win. He is the best Mexican Formula One racer ever. There you go. I don't know how many Mexican Formula One Three. drivers there've been. No, I don't. But know. there's probably more than that. They did a Grand Prix. Yeah, but they uh, he is now the has the highest wins. Well, he, you're not a more than Daniel Ricciardo, doesn't he? I think Daniel's only got seven. Daniel's got oh, six probably, wins. No, I think the last one would have been seven, wouldn't it have been no, in China? No, six. Was it? There was a Formula One video on YouTube of Daniel's six marvellous wins. You know what the stupid thing is? We've just talked about all this Ricardo and Verstappen thing, like, oh, my God, it's the be-all and end-all. There was, like, three other events before the end of the race. Yeah, well. Roman, okay, quickly touch on it. Roman Grosjean crashed out in the safety car. That was heartbreaking. And he was just like, no. And, like, this is saying you're like, oh, how hard is it to drive these cars? Extremely. Yeah, cold tires. Um, cold tires, trying to warm your tires up under the brakes, weaving, waving, boom, straight into a wall. Okay. Another another big one. Vettel cooked it. Yep. Go for it. So Vettel was coming up on um, Bottas, who Vettel wasn't super stoked that Bottas managed to get in front. He was like, how's he in front of me? He's like, uh, he had a 12-second gap. He had the gap. He pitted, come out in front. Safety yeah. Gun. Now, your opinion... I know we're trying to make this quick, yeah. But did Ferrari screw up their um, strategy this weekend with bringing Vettel in when they didn't need to? I think that Ferrari need to work on their strategy calls. They've made some. Well, they've done pretty well this they year. They have, but, but last year they made some shockers. Well, actually, no. I say that, and then China. They probably could have won that China, race. They could have won that race. <laughs> um, the, Ferrari still makes some weird strategy calls. It's like they were just like, oh, we don't know when the tire cliff is going to be, so let's just pit him anyway. It's like you're in commanding position on a track that gets lots of safety cars, yeah. so you're going to give up your, like, go, it's essentially a 20-second um, pit stop. Yeah. You're 10 seconds ahead. That's going to put you 12 seconds behind. Or, and he come out 11 to 12 seconds behind. Actually, what I think he come out about to... 10 seconds behind, and then he slowly lost more time. Ah, oh, that's. I was trying to work out what happened to Hamilton, but he had that big lock up into turn one. Then he had, had to, to get pit. rid of his tires early, and then he couldn't switch the tires and, back on. But see, the thing is, I think Ferrari got stuck on chasing Hamilton. They were trying to cover Hamilton that they forgot completely about Bottas. Yeah. All right. Talk about it. The Vettel overshooting, or the next sad thing that happened. Oh yeah, the the next sad thing that happened. Oh, so sad. He had twelve kilometers to go. He just had twelve kilometers to go, and he didn't have to run over anything on the start finish line. And then he would have won his another race, but he didn't. And then his tire blew up. And if you don't know, what we're talking about we're talking about Bottas. So there was a tragic event at the end. I say, say it like someone's died, but it was. Yeah, I've so, seen photos. So going down the front straight, two laps remaining. Bottas runs over a foreign. Material looks like a bit of carbon fiber. Yeah, carbon fiber or steel or something on the track, and it punches his right hand rear tire. It was huge, and it let go right at the start finish line, and did my heart sink for him. Now that going from about to win a race to not finishing the race was a pretty devastating moment for him. I showed you those photos just before of um him just sitting, yeah, just sitting there. He's leaning against the wall, and you're like, he's crying underneath. I'm like, mate, yeah. I'm crying looking at those photos. 
Well, I I watched the uh, the post race interviews with him in the pen, and the lady said, "I can understand. He looks like I think he's got Hamilton's glasses on." Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know. That. I could be wrong, but he might have his own glasses. You know what? I think he can afford some. Ah, uh, yeah, but they they look like what I've seen Hamilton wear before. Um, Big douchey ones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but they they're really really dark, and she's like, "I can understand why you're wearing dark glasses," and he. He looks like a broken man. It is I almost feel like the team should have just paid the fine so he didn't have to go talk to everyone. Yeah. Because it is one of those moments. It's the last thing you want to do, especially when you're like like you know you're gonna get some dickhead reporter. Like if well, we yeah, were there, exactly. I you would get... ask the dumb question, you'd be like, So, Valtteri, you could have won the race. How do you feel? Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you've got say there's twenty reporters around the ring. Probably 18 of them are great, but you've always got the two that are going to push that question that, you know, and it, it's their job. It's their job to do that. But they're, you know, they're going to push the envelope with the question. And it was just so disappointing to see. I just, I was there and after that happened and then Hamilton got it, past and got the lead. And I'm like, I had a note going, JD's picked Hamilton for the race win, but wanted Vettel. And I was like, can we swap back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did me a favor last week by going first. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> So, in the end, that wrapped up uh, in Charles Leclerc. He got six. Yeah, stunning. Fantastic. Effort. He got driver of the day. Yeah, well, for putting a Sauber that far up, that's unbelievable. I don't know. Marcus Ericsson was actually really close to getting the points too. Yeah, he was only one position off getting a point. Yep. And um, Brendan Hartley actually got his first points for Formula One as well. Yeah, and did a pretty good job. Yeah. Well. That's we'll wrap it up there. Hey, right? we'll wrap up the Formula One race. It was well, well, done, we probably well should done, tell Baku. You put a great result in. Probably should say who who, who comes second. Kimi Raikkonen comes second. He did. He did. A he good did. Job he did a, a Valtteri Bottas. He did. He did an out, outstanding job for an alternative strategy and, he and come home second. He crashed out on lap one. Yep. And stayed out of trouble and worked his way out to second. And that's a bit like. Alonso, uh, I think Alonso did a great job considering he come into the pits with two busted tires and we watched the video just before we started recording of him almost hitting the pit wall or touching the pit wall because it turns out it's really hard to steer a car when you've got two tires on one side. Well, busted. yeah, it's it's hard to turn left when the loaded side of the car doesn't have any rubber on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have any wheels <laughs> on it. Um, but, you know, Alonso did a fantastic job, so well done, mate, because uh, I know you're listening. <laughs> All right. We're coming up onto the supercars this week and at Barbagello. Super 2s are out there again Super as well. Super 2s are out, so we won't take picks on Super 2s because it's probably going to be Pitha. Um, uh, oh, come on. Let's do it for fun. We've got no Formula 1 this week. Okay, fine. So Super 2 guess. Who's your Super 2 guess? Todd Hazelwood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. That was last year. <laughs> Even then, I don't think he won at Barbagello. Uh, he did pretty well, didn't he? Yeah. I feel like that was the start of his year. He started for some years in Adelaide when he won I don't know, race. but th- that was the start of his... his all, right, um, all right, all right, we don't need... We're already quite a long episode. And right. you, now you want to do Super 2 talk. Oh, right. come on, come no, on. I, I know, I love it. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, if you're going to go Pitha, because you already yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah, I think Pitha is actually yeah, doing okay. a fantastic I think he's job. doing a great job too. Um, trying to go someone left field other than Paul Dumbrell, because I think Paul Dumbrell, you know, it's an easy one. Gary Jacobson. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Gary Jacobson or... Alex Rulo. I wasn't going to say Alex Rulo, but I was going to say the other Nissan of... I forgot his name. 
is it? It was Shay Davies it's last a, year. It's, a, it's not. All right, we're bringing it up. We've got Rulo, we've got Jacobson, and we've got Dean, Dean Fiore. Fiore. Yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm going to go Dean Fiore. Dean Fiore. All right. Just for a left field one. You know what? Not too bad. Not too bad. That, that You know, I don't think I'm going to get a point out of it, but fingers crossed he does well. Good driver. You know, settling into Super 2s. I think he's doing quite a good job. And the team's doing a really good job, so it might, might all come together for him. Jacobson's another good pick, but I'll go Dean Fiore. All right, supercars. Supercars, wow. Who's going to grab Scotty McLaughlin? Uh, it could be the Scottish show again, I couldn't it? it's going to be the Scottish show. I'm yeah. not going to go him, but I think it will Who be. Who are you going to go? Um, I don't know. You go. Let me think. I don't know, man. I, I think it's going to be Scotty, but... You know what's stupid? I'm like, oh, bloody, as soon as we get rid of Holden and Ford brand ties, you know, the better once we actually go to teams. And then I'm like, I don't want to go Scotty because he drives a Ford. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll go Scotty for you. <laughs> All right. You've, you've made that decision. I'll, I'll be Scotty. Or I'll choose Scotty. Um, who, who, who? I'm, I'm actually tempted to fabs. There you go. I think he might have his. You shit heard it together. here first, everyone. I know, you know what? Scotty's like that, yeah, but Scotty's drove Holden and then he betrays. So does Fabs. Everyone yeah. betrays my trust. I'm going Fabs. Okay. okay. The, basically, the thing is, I think it's going to be you think a Shell. Shell DJR team. You, you think I they've think got she, it together after. Oh, Shell, Shell have that track down, Pat. I'm tempted to change now. All right, change. Just, Go on. It's not written down in proper ink, it's only blue ink. Oh, I'm just thinking because. We've just been to a track that Scotty is dominant at, for regardless of the tyre. Scotty won both races there last year. Yeah. And then the year before, I'm not talking about Bubba oh, Girl, I'm yeah, talking about Philip Island. suck on this tyre. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. So I'm saying that Scotty was so strong, but then again, Fabs was second as well. So they Fabs obviously won got... one race there last year, Scotty won the other. Fabs won Saturday, Scotty won Sunday, I'm pretty sure. But it was on the tyres that they were the only ones that managed to work. But they suck on 2016 tyres. Yeah, but they managed to get it all together. I was thinking it was just Scotty's driving at Phillip Island that got him ahead. Mm. But Fab's qualified second. Arguably. <laughs> Till he cheated. And got... well, nah, come on, he Jesus. didn't cheat. He didn't cheat. Uh, Fab's my boy this weekend. <laughs> yeah. As uh, many well, points as he can take off Scotty, the better. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Team Red Bull here. <laughs> All right, all right. Lock him in then. Lock yeah, I'll just leave. I'll just leave Scotty. Right. Um, I think Triple Eight will be strong, but yeah, Triple Eight probably coming second. Um, that is us done and dusted. Real was, short episode this real week. Real short, tiny one. You know what? I actually still want to talk about some more stuff, but I'm not going to. Um, what are we got to talk about? Oh, well, we got our Newcastle tickets on the weekend. They went on sale on Saturday, and by Jingo, didn't they go quick? Yeah. Um. I got a message from Michael Saturday afternoon going, I've just got our tickets. We didn't get the grandstand we wanted, but we've got the <laughs> we've got another grandstand. We got so we're gonna be in um S nine, I think. S two sold out within bloody three seconds. That was ridiculously quick. We ordered uh, so Michael ordered all our tickets. Mitch, uh, another presenter off the show that uh, does a bit of cameoing every now and Everyone then. Everyone knows Mitch. Uh so he he is uh, coming along as well, and Michael brought all our tickets on Saturday. Literally went on sale Saturday morning, and nearly three quarters of the 
areas, um, grandstands are already sold out. Yeah, I was showing JD. Um, as of recording, I feel bad like promoting this because I'm like, well, this is not going to go out till Thursday, and there's a good chance that there'll be none left. There could be none left. Um, grandstand seven and nine. Don't even bother looking there because there's one seat in seven, two seats in nine available. I mean, well, if you want to, you can come. You might be able to get them before but they're going to be sold before this episode goes live. So you only got stands 10, 9, and 11. Uh, 10, 9. 10, 11, and 12, sorry. I want to talk it up because I think it's a great event and everyone loves it, but to be honest, those stands don't. If you get in, get stand 10. Don't get stand 11. I was in there last year and it was it was all right. Yeah. It wasn't the best viewing. Um, But anyway, that's it. We are done. We are dusted. We have finished this episode. Well done, Baku. That was a great race. Words right out of Daniel Ricardo's mouth last year, eh? Hey, mate. Well done, Baku. They wrote it weird. on their own straight. It's a bit weird. That's that's why the whole internet thinks it's hilarious. Well like, done, Why Baku. the only people saying well done, Baku is Baku. Yeah. But anyway, you know, you did a fantastic job. No, they were street uh, fighters this year. They were street fighters this year. I was like, no. With a one and seven eye. Ooh. So hip, go. these guys. Well, we are back up to weekly episodes for the foreseeable future. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you very much. Um, If you have any questions or anything you want to write in, hit us up at facebook.com forward slash breaking late. You can send us an email at breaking late at gmail.com. You can go to our website. You can be one of, do you know, our most common country for the last month of people coming to us is Canada. Really? Quebec. Quebec. People in Quebec love us. And then we've had... Great city. I we've had more city. Americans hit our website than Australians lately too. So that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And we had more people from is. New South Wales hit our website up than people from the Territory. And I know that's like, well, that makes sense. But we're from the Territory and all our friends are from the Territory. And we <laughs> tell our friends. And I just think it's fantastic that we're actually getting a good reach. Yeah. Well, keep up the good work, Michael. We've done a great job with the show so far and doing all the editing. We've been learning a lot as we go along and uh, it's been it fun. If you guys have any things you want us to talk about, or if you want us to like, hey, you should talk about this or you should do this bit in the yeah. show instead of like ramble crap for hours, let us know. Because yeah, I can't believe how long the show is and we haven't even done the news. <laughs> there is no news this week. And on that note, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <laughs>